bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Yeah, and the reality show is Intervention. Okay. <laughs> um, we just got back uh-huh. from Vegas, mm. and I think we can safely say that our six-week bender has officially come to an end, Memo. Yes. It's a wrap on our habits, our habitry, our habitat, our, our habitat, habitat. <laughs> habitat for humanity yeah. <laughs> is now come to an end, unfortunately. And wow, breaking habits are hard. Uh, Woo! It's it's like we're going to miss you, girl. We're going to miss girl. I'm chomping on cucumber <laughs> like it's something to save my motherfucking life so I can keep my, my chompers chomping, chomping and moving on something. Um, we're going to miss, um, Ashy Tito's, but we'll see her again. (laughs) You know, we'll see her again. Of course we're going to see her again. I'm quite sure very soon. We're just going to see her out. I have a feeling. I mean, I feel like if we were smart, we wouldn't see her again until 2023. Cause I'm here to let you know, we don't want to die in Antarctica, which is why, um, the sh- I'm getting, we're going to get tight. We're going to get taut. We're going to get fit. We're going to get strong because we're not going to go to Antarctica where, where, by the way, we're going to Antarctica <laughs> in, um, in December. Yes. In December, that is right around the corner and we are not in shape for it. I did many of a uh, YouTubing, um, looking at like what goes on in Antarctica, just the cruise alone. You have to be in shape for. So that's why I'm saying, I don't even know if if we should pick pick Ashy Tito's back up, I know. At least until after that trip, because I'm just like one one vodka soda, and we could go down like a clown. We're in like the bottom of the world. Exactly, and it's gonna be, it's like rugged terrain, <laughs> r- wind, b- weather. Also, we will be crossing the Drake's Passage. Which is a whole thing in and of itself, and I want to be ready for that. I want my, my muscles to be ready. I need my stomachs to be ready. Yeah. I need my backs to be ready. I need my boobs to be less. Yeah, my they boobs have got jiggling, to go down. Jiggling, yeah, you'll take us down like the fucking Titanic. Uh, literally, the captain is going to be like, "There's a boob on deck seven, <laughs> and it is going to crash into an iceberg." Well, my boobs is going to crash into an iceberg. When we were on the phone with the booker, yeah. And you guys are just like chatting, chatting, chatting. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm-hmm. probably, honestly, probably drunk. And then I was like, oh, wait, we're like fucking going to have a full Titanic scenario. And you guys were both like, mm-hmm, yeah, you're normal. <laughs> and I'm like, what? There's full icebergs floating in the water for sure. There's This is a luxury yeah, well, there yacht. Are. It's there 900 are. times actually smaller than the Titanic. The cool thing about this trip, which is fulfilling every dream of mine, not every dream, but many dream of mine, is that we are in an expedition class vessel, meaning 
This ship was built to go through icebergs and was made for people such as Darwin or people such as scientists who go and do fucking expeditions, full expeditions, like we're fucking Indiana Jones. So we're going to put on our like our research caps. We're going down to find the the migrant Uh, patterns of um, South Pole penguins. Yes. This particular one is definitely a wildlife expedition. (laughs) Uh So we'll be wearing a monocle. I'm going to have a leather bound. (laughs) A leather-bound journal, uh-huh. a small one, because, you know, I don't know why they had, well, no, it doesn't yeah. have to be that small. And uh, it's going to wrap around. We already have, I have, I already have it. Yeah, you um, have the leather. Sue gave us that with the, with the. With the wraparound things. Yeah. And that's where all the pens are going to go. Yeah. And then we have the, the uh, moleskin uh, slash Lichtenstuden or whatever it's called, journals. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to draw, we're going to sketch what we see. <laughs> because we have no yeah because there's I'm no sure cameras there's not going to be any kind of like nothing will work there we're going into like some kind of like hole where nothing works yeah we're gonna we're gonna sketch flowers and the landscape and penguins and be like look what we saw we we saw the the eagle covered dodo and uh, and we're gonna and you know that. what Mimau? on that uh, note mm-hmm. we have no idea um what the wireless situation is in the south pole so it's highly likely that we will have to take we will be forced against our will to take a two-week hiatus from this podcast aka the regular weed Mm -hmm. but we will absolutely find an igloo with working fucking wi-fi to post our (laughs) patreon podcast which we will be recording on said cruise so if that interests you at all you have to sign up for our patreon podcast there's a link to sign up in the description of um this episode or you can go to dumbgaypolitics.com and all the info is there. We are absolutely not going to take a break from those podcasts because they're not, they're, there's no politics. There's no ads. It's not hard. We just fucking we do them drunk. We don't care. We do them from the ship. It's really easy. Yeah. This podcast takes a dick ton of research and we don't even know what like uh, how do we know if we can even do research? We're going to have to send like a fucking like carrier pigeon yeah, back to get bring just, the newspapers. Just to tell us what's going on. Yeah, what's doing headline, with headline, yeah. read all about it. I mean, it's going to be we're going through time. We're going to travel through time. But the great thing is that with the Patreon, um, we'll be able to tell you all about the trip as we're doing it. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting. And we do two a week every week. They're both an hour long and they are not about politics and not for nothing. No, 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 not meaning to brag, but we're booked on like five trips for 2023 and they're all amazing. I mean, that does sound like bragging. It's a little bragging. (laughs) I'm just so excited. I never thought I just I haven't heard you. I'm excited. And you thought originally when we were in talks. Yes. (laughs) um, That you were like, nah, Antarctica. And I remember being like sitting there and going. Is she on fucking glue? Obviously, Antarctica is the clout chase of the fucking century. Of course we want to do Antarctica. We will now have been to every single fucking continent except for the North Pole. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking like amongst all of the trips or where I really want to go. It's never been a I don't know. It's never been on my list of places to go. But now that because I'm always we have will have been to every I think we will, the North we've been Pole. to Asia, Africa, North America, South, South America, America, Australia, Australia, Europe, 
Antarctica. And that's, that's it. All of so them. all of the continents. <laughs> I'm living. I'm living now. I was living until I realized right there on that phone call when I said, oh, snap, we're going to die like the Titanic. I want to just say I've been. I don't actually want to go <laughs> through the Drake's Passage, which they call the washing machine because you're tumbling around like a washing machine. Well, the th- thing is, will it be Drake's Lake or Drake's Earthquake? <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know. But we have a but lot we're of gonna be cool like, ones, and you are very excited, and it warms I am the excited. dead holes in my heart. It's new. It's brand new. It's I'm excited. They're small trips. They're super yachts. I'm fucking excited. They're places I want to go where I would never or we would never have gone. Literally, I told my mom she's like about to like book a trip to Israel. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so the bitch like wants to go. She's like so gel. So gel. She like was like, if anybody drops out, let me know. I'm, I want to go. Oh, I love that. I so love that. She we would have go. gone to Israel. So that's we would have gone to a lot of these places, but we would never would have gone to Antarctica because it's just too no. fucking expensive. Ever. I never. No, never. There's so it's just so exciting. I mean, later we're going to. Oh, it's just great. It's just so great. we're hoping the hearts don't give out. That's the thing. So we're going to get ourselves into travel ready shape. Antarctica is the first. So it's a month and a half away. We're going to get just we got to get a little stronger. We're going to get a little more healthy. It's, and that's the goal. And it's scary because the Ashy Tito's is free. That's the problem. But we're not going to want Ashy Tito's till after we get out of that fucking no. Drake's Yeah, I think. But sure. on the other trips. It's all free and we will be drunk. So (laughs) if you want to go on these journeys with us, it's all about the Patreon podcasts um, because we're going to be doing them on every trip. And other than Antarctica, we go and be drunk. And I don't care what kind of fucking animals we're holding or what we're doing, as long as I'm not at the bottom of the globe, (laughs) the earth. Well, for 2023, we will be traveling the world. Literally, we'll be traveling the fucking world. So and it's and we're going to and we're going to talk about it on the Patreons. And we will not be humble bragging. We will be um, bragging and also complaining um, and having fun. <laughs> so speaking of traveling the world, though, we did get a postcard from Nasser, mm. who we met this summer in Spain mm-hmm. um, on our Spain cruise. Um, we were standing in line, which was the reason we're, we're, we're now going on these <laughs> other trips because we will not be standing in line to go to work on a cruise. Nope. No. Like, literally, Nasser got out exactly. of line and was like, um, I don't think you guys should be in line. And we were like, oh, okay. He doesn't even work there. He just helped us. Yep. There's just something about a courtesy. There's something about a courtesy. <laughs> yeah. There's something about being taken care of yeah. that uh, goes a long way. Um... Dear Julian Brandy, sending you love and appreciation. This is Nasser, the guy from Kuwait you met on the cruise. Nasser. Now, he did not send his picture, but I will let it slide because one, <laughs> uh, maybe this postcard came all the way from Kuwait. Um, well, it says Sedona. Okay. And I want to say this, that I think that's pretty funny that he's sending something from Sedona when we have just watched 5,000 episodes of Sister Wives and all they're doing is being in Arizona. And didn't Salt Lake City just go to Sedona? Yeah, I think they went somewhere in Arizona. It's right next door to Utah. Mm. Um, and also, we don't need his pick because we met him in real life. So we already Very know exactly what he looks like. Yeah, he's a super handsome guy. But we would like to have him on the board to remind us um, yeah. how glamorous we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Nasser, if you can shoot us over your pick, sexy. <sighs> we got a delicious bag of candy from fucking Liz Pills. How dare you, Liz? <laughs> Liz, you're brutalizing my family. <laughs> you're brutalizing my family. Like, 
It's chocolate covered pretzels. What are those little discs? Non parels. <laughs> One of my favorite candies that I don't ever, ever get, never even have around, but when they're around, I would eat that whole bag. How do you know that that's what the name of it? Don't know. I remember my mother saying non-parels. It's a little I don't know. chocolate disc with like, I sprinkles. love anything with sprinkles. They are so fucking good. <laughs> and I don't know why they're so good. I don't. I don't know why they're so fucking delicious. And it was just so sweet oh. of Liz. And it was unfortunate, Liz, that we opened them off, off, right off of our six-week bender where we were just like holding each other and being like, listen, <laughs> we can get through this together. We can we can do anything together. And then we opened it. We're like, God damn, Liz. <laughs> God damn you, Liz. Liz, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Julian Brandy, hi. It's been a minute. Hoping things are well. Wanted to send you some Halloween treats from my small town candy shop that I literally never go to. But the stuff is so good, so enjoy. The picture on the front is from where I live, which I'm laughing writing this because it kind of screams, I live in conservative redneck small town central New York, LOL. Anyway, I'm still here listening every week one of the 14 and not stopping anytime soon you both mean the world continue to shape my life so hoping i can get to the boston show talk soon love liz liz pills uh the front of the her town looks gorgeous it looks gorgeous Absolutely it really gorgeous. does so is wow hold for siren <laughs> um are l those little towns in like new york conservative i uh i guess so I mean, that's upstate New York, I guess. It's so beautiful. Wow. It is beautiful. Really pretty. The photographer still has a Roadrunner email. Oh, mm -hmm. Wow. Strong. Very strong. strong. Very strong. Uh, we love Liz. We love you, Liz. And we both looked at each other because we were, were like practically holding each other saying we can you can get through this girl. Yep. And then we opened yep. it and then we looked each other in the eyes. And it was honestly like an unspoken like, do we eat this entire <laughs> bag right now? The at first I was like fine okay because there's several different bags of different candies but the minute we hit that chocolate covered pretzels we started to break and then the non parels that then, was but it then that was the that final was and then I had to just take them and get them away from us yeah put them and now Liz we will hold on to them and we will eat them yep that's what we do honestly we're eating rice krispie treats. <laughs> From 2019. I think they could be from Deb and Verona. Which reminds me, I have to get rice cakes today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> rice Krispie cakes. <laughs> um, last but not least, Soraya, who we love, are we have um, Daniel and the business, which Daniel has. I see him. Yep. Ferrets. Ferrets, yep. And then we've got Soraya, who has Summer and Ghost, mm. the little, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm mean, they're, they're little mouses. I don't like to say mice. Okay. Mice makes me think of rats, but mm -hmm. mouse makes me think of something else. Mm. A singular mouse is like, it's cute. It's completely cute. It's... Mice it almost implies an infestation. I don't know. To me, mice. Well, yeah, but you're different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to rebrand and reframe. Okay, mouses. Yeah, for people who A couple who of mouse. Yeah, yeah. Two, she has two different mouse breeds. Let's say that. <laughs> really make them into animals. We're trying to like do a paradigm shift on these, yeah. these, little, these little creatures that are wonderful. Mm -hmm. So they basically, and when I say they, I mean they, um, made us a, a, a handmade housewarming picture. So it's Soraya and Ghost and Summer. That all worked together, and then they wrote a note on the back. I mean, this is super cute. I think we might need to frame this. Yeah, I think it's really ha cute, too. Happy housewarming to Julie Brandy, Nacho Dumpling, Mighty, and Pee Wee. 
Love Sor- Soroya, Ghost, and Summer. And it's a picture of the house with us standing outside of it with middle fingers and the all the animals. It says drug den, sweet drug den. And around it is a rainbow, but the paper has been chomped into yeah. as she describes. Hey guys, we collaborated on this card for you. Ghost and Summer cut the papers with their little chompers and I did the drawing and gluing. We love listening to your shows as a family while I'm working in my home office and the girls are getting free roam time. Thank you for being kind to rats. Will you be opening a critter cafe at your new location? With love, Soroya and the rat babes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We uh, sure so will they, try. Are rats the same as mouse? No, those are different. Oh, well, I feel like her things look like little little mouse. See them? Basically, they're just big mice. Oh, okay. All, that's all rats are. They're just very large. Hers do not look large. Large... They Let's look little. See, see, they're playing and. Oh, I see them. Yeah. Oh yeah, they. Uh huh. I can't really tell. They're white. I had that was my my hamster or mouse. I guess he was a mouse. Was white Herman, and when I was a kid, and then my dad threw him in the in the forest. Well, um, we love ghosts in summer. <laughs> they're so cute, and this and they they did, uh, this little this rainbow and uh, rainbows obviously we love. Um, not for the obvious reasons. I like love that picture, and I, I love that yeah. they did the chompers with the rainbow, and I love that we're standing in the house. We're is why it was because we're so thin, because we're so thin, <laughs> and our outfits are great, perfect. We're middle fingering it up to the neighborhood. They all the dogs and cat are in the window. They're in the window. And it's drug gen sweet. Dr- I mean, it just doesn't get any better. Yeah, what a dream life that is. We're gonna frame it. Um, and look, the sun is wearing sunglasses. It's a, it's everything. I don't. There's nothing not to love. It's everything about it. Look, and there's Soroya over on the right, oh, she's, popping she's through the rainbow. It, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And there's nothing. And she has ever, two, She has Ghost and Summer on her shoulders. It's perfect. I mean, it's perfect. It's absolute perfection. It's perfection. It really is. Okay, now it's time for one of our favorite segments. Nance Pelos is a badass bitch. That bitch bad. That bitch bad as fuck. 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 Ain't shit you could do. That bitch bad as fuck. That bitch bad as fuck. That bitch bad as fuck. Ain't shit you could do. This is our segment called Nance Pelos is a Badass Bitch. Over the last six years, we've become obsessed with the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And though we thought it wasn't possible, that obsession has grown even deeper since JoJo and Kiki got in office. Nance Pelosi is a tried and true advocate for women. And with a woman finally serving as vice president and her good friend for many years serving as president... Nancy has been unfucking stoppable. She refuses to pander to the press. She refuses to pander to the clicky uber progressives. And she comes to the table confidently as Speaker of the House with her record and negotiates legitimately and respectfully with each of the individual Democratic caucuses, as well as the piece of shit House Republicans. <laughs> That's true. 
Now, during Trump, she was in a no-win situation, having to negotiate between the progressive and moderate wings of the party while dealing with the shit-stirring press and also the Republicans who controlled the House for the first two years. She did great, and we loved her, but it's really now that her true status as a legend and an icon are shining through. The bitch is 82 years old, okay? And there is no one we look up to more than her. As women and as people, the thought of still being a mentor and a role model at 82 is just goddamn unheard of. (sighs) She's absolute pinnacles in every way. Nance Pelosi is a badass bitch, and she's demonstrated it every day in every way. From the infrastructure negotiations to the latest round of historic gun legislation, she gathers them all up. (laughs) No one does it like her, and that's why she is still Speaker of the House at 82 goddamn years old. And even though all of the youngins incessantly (laughs) hate on her and try to undermine her power and replace her as Speaker, at the end of the day, all they can do is put respect on her name because there is one thing that Nance Pelosi does above all else in Congress, and that's raise a motherfucking a money, honey. That's right. That's right. Nobody raises money like Nance Pelosi. And like Brandy said, that's how she's managed to hang on to that gavel, despite all the ageist, sexist infighting, identity politics, partisan bullshit going on amongst the Democrats in Congress. Now, in the beginning, the fact that Nance Pelosi is the most prolific fundraiser in the history of the House of Representatives did not really matter to us. But that's because we didn't understand that it takes money to win elections. And Republicans have a lot of it. Republicans across the board are great at fundraising. All they have to do is scream about the border and illegal immigrants and Black Lives Matter and their angry white grievance base throws money at them. Yes, not to mention the intricate network of dark money groups run by billionaires and churches contributing to Republican campaigns. Now, Democrats take dark money, too, for sure. There's no doubt about it. But Republicans have the churches, I say unto you again. (laughs) And the religious right has endless money to donate, especially if they can siphon it through some fake fucking nonprofit called Patriots who suck Jesus's dick. (laughs) And that way, there's no limit, no regulation, and no taxes on the money. If you haven't seen the super scary documentary called Dark Money on Amazon, it is required reading for the class (laughs) in 2022. So if it takes money to win elections, then Democrats are fucked because the Republicans have all of it. And that's where Nance Pelosi comes in. Yeah. So the midterm elections are on November 8th. Many of you may have already mailed in your ballot. Most people will probably vote early, either mail in or at the open polling places. The conversation about free and fair elections is another whole other thing. And it's being discussed ad nauseum all over the news and social media. We all just have to assess our individual scenarios and decide for ourselves which is the best and most effective way to vote in order to ensure that it's counted. Take me, for instance. Mm -hmm. I just moved and my mail is being forwarded. I've not changed my mailing address on my voter registration because it's not changed on my license. So I'm not going to mail in my ballot. I'm going to go in person, show my ID, and make sure there aren't any issues. And that's the kind of thing everyone needs to determine. Maybe you live in a shady-ass red district, so you need to roll on down to your polling place looking real Trumpy, and then quietly cast your vote Democrat down the line. And then seal it up and turn it in. And play it off. (laughs) And play it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, whether they count it or not is a whole other thing, mm. but there's nothing we can do about that. And real quick, I just want to say, mm-hmm. if you're feeling overwhelmed with the long ass voting book, no matter where you are, there's just a whole bunch of fucking names and titles <laughs> mm-hmm. and things. And it's like associate district county assessor of the tax office to the school. It's like, what? 
if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you think you have maybe Democrat or like liberal-ish family members who you think probably won't even bother to vote because it's not a presidential election and they'll use that old chestnut up. I just don't know enough about any of the candidates <laughs> to vote for one over another. So I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to, I just, I'm not going to go. Right. We hear it all the time. Please just Google progressive voting guide with like your city and state, mm-hmm. like progressive mm-hmm. voting guide, Columbus, Ohio, progressive yep. voting guide or Democrat voting guide, whatever, however you want to do it. Just Google it and then read through. There'll be a list of organizations that have their own voting guides and you just pick the one that aligns most with your own sensibility in your own district. Now, I always use Knock LA's voter guide and that means Julie uses it. <laughs> um, mm. And they're pretty like next level progressive. Mm-hmm. I basically go through, I fill out my thing based on what they say. If there's anything that I have a feeling of, You know what I mean? Like, let's say we were living in Palm Springs and we were in Scott's district. If they didn't recommend Scott Nevins, I'm obviously going to vote for my friend Scott Nevins. Right. So um, if I've, you know, have any personal feelings towards anything and I don't let any voters guide decide like the um, the props or anything like that. Like I can read through those pretty easily and I think it's fun to read through them and Mm -hmm. be like, nope, I don't want to give money to that. (laughs) I basically just go through all the weird, bizarre titles all throughout the fucking city and I write them down. And then I swallow my pride and text it to all of my friends and not really any of my family who are Democrats. (laughs) But every year, inevitably, one of my friends will text me back and tell me it's too liberal. And and then I get all butthurt and take it personally and sit there and stew on it and try to defend and talk to the wall and talk to the air. And I'm like fucking doing some kind of like, you know, court case against my own fucking voter's guide Mm -hmm. that I didn't even do. But eventually I push it aside and I pick... I usually will pick like one candidate or one measure or something that I really did my own research on or I feel passionately about. And I'll just reply like, please just do me a favor and do this. Even if it's too liberal, please, 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 please. You can pick all the other ones. And that's basically how I get around starting to hate my own friends. Yeah. I mean, I remember when they were trying to recall Gavin Newsom, which is a whole stupid fucking thing. But we had a lot of friends reaching out about it and we'd be like, all right, let's just go vote. And let's go have drinks and just be cool and like, you know, like, we'll yeah, just make go, a thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll just make it social. Fun. Yeah. But then they'd act all grossed out by us because we were waiting until voting day and hadn't voted early. I mean, you know, the whole thing is just so fucking testy and sensitive. But I do feel like learning to be tolerant to other Democrats with different takes and opinions will help us to be more tolerant of everyone. You know, I, you know, it's hard not to take it personally when it feels so goddamn personal. And it's personal. It's, it, but it is personal. And it's, but it's also personal to the people who are re- rejecting our ideas too. <laughs> and it's personal for them and they yeah. get offended. So it's like, ugh. So I don't know. It's the, personal for everyone. It's personal for everyone. So then when you reach out and try to nudge people or whatever it is, then it's like, it's, it, yeah, it's hard not to, to feel rejected or get your feelings hurt or, and and for them too, they probably feel like bug it. Why are you fucking yeah, bugging like, on? Yeah, like stop telling your me opinion. what to do. Yeah. And sh- yeah, exactly. But but that's just what this is all about. It's a democracy. It is a democracy. And if you have feelings about it, then there's nothing wrong with shooting a quick text and just being like, hey, like don't recall Gavin Newsom, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like like exactly. let's just do this. Let's work together, and then you can shoot a thing back and be like, fuck off, and that's fine. But yeah. I did I did what I did, and I said what I said, which is just like texting, you know, the fucking voting guide just. Like being like, I'm just going to fucking do this and I'm just going to do it. And then 
even if I get one person, yeah. and it's not even just to get them. They can do their own voting guide, which is why we're even talking about it to you guys, because it's, I should actually just text, yo, here's some options for voting guides. Here's a fucking, mm-hmm. but that just is so much work for me. But it's like, right. here's a super progressive liberal one. Here's a more moderate, Here, you know, whatever. Like, it's like, but that's what it, it is for is just to tell people you don't have to do the research because doing the research becomes people just become immobilized and they don't want to they just don't go vote. They mm-hmm. feel like they're going to make the wrong choice. And there is no right choice because half these people are dicks. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're all fucking dicks. We we're just trying to be on the right side. Right. For those of you who have done the research or you like a certain candidate from the mail outs that Nance Pelosi raised <laughs> the money to pay for, then do you. You don't have to follow the fucking voting guide top to bottom. It's just a jumping off point. And if you find an organization that you trust, then you can be sure that they did do the research. And that's the point of reaching out to people. Right. And again, that's where the money comes in. Paying for mailers, attack ads, signs, interviews, endorsements. Because, yes, you know, they pay for the fucking endorsements. And who the fuck cares? Like, well, we do because we know that Nance Pelosi. Raised the money. Raised the money. To get you that endorsement. Right. So exactly. Now, what matters is whether or not they say they're going to vote to raise minimum wage and then don't vote for it when they have the chance, like Kirsten Jizima, who can kindly get the fuck out of the Democratic Party. So basically what's happening now, less than two weeks out from Election Day, is that Democrats actually have a shot in hell at keeping the majority after months of being told that we were going to lose our asses to an embarrassing degree. Why? Because Republicans might have all the money, but their candidates are atrocious. <laughs> they are dork-sided. So Nance Pelosi came on the scene and raised a bunch of money on behalf of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. That's right. So the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee is the official campaign arm dedicated to funding the Democratic races in the House of Representatives. It's not the only group raising money for candidates, but it's the main official one, okay? DCCC. (laughs) And the idea is that people donate money and it's spread around to the main competitive races all across the country at every election, whether it be the midterms or the presidential, with the main goal of keeping the Democratic majority in the House. The Senate probably has their own fucking one. And for that, I guess we would do a Chuck Schumer is a badass bitch. But this is about the House of Representatives, and Nance Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. And this past April, Nance Pelosi hosted the largest individual donor fundraiser in DCCC history. Oh, wow. The bitch raised $4.4 million in one a motherfucking night. Oh, my God. 82 years old. Now, it's important to note that the DCCC <laughs> CC got a lot of criticism for spending some of the campaign donations to promote shitty-ass, horrible Republican candidates During the Republican primaries. And they actually ended up helping several awful QAnon candidates win their primaries. And now we are all waiting with bated breath, hoping that the Democrats in those districts can flip the seats. We thought it was a great strategy from the get. And I hope so badly that all the self-righteous fucking haters get moated so badly, so badly, so badly. I mean, it's like, of course you're going to push these fringe alt-right worse than Marjorie Hayward McTaylor <laughs> Grenache mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they're worse than her yep. of course they're they're putting these people right at the, the on the ballot against like regular normal not crazy people and right. it's like I mean if anything that'll just make people stay home that'll make Republicans stay home 
So right. it's it, we did think it was a great strategy. And I mean, not for nothing. It wasn't just the press and pundits that were criticizing uh, the DCCC. It was other House Democrats. Um, for example, Andy Levin, a rep from Michigan, called it, quote unquote, morally wrong. Mm-mm-mm. And he wasn't the only one. Now, it's important to note that Nance Pelosi doesn't run the DCCC, but she's their largest fundraiser and she's the speaker of the goddamn house. So my guess is she's probably in on the fucking strategy. (laughs) I mean, if the Democrats don't maintain a majority, she will lose the gavel. So in my opinion, she's not playing the game by proxy with the DCCC. She is the motherfucking game. Yeah. And I mean, at this point. You know, it's morally wrong. I mean, honey, (laughs) come on, guy. Like we are in such a go tell it to your mistress. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny that guy who's talking shit is from Michigan because another Michigan rep named Alyssa Slotkin has been very vocal about how she thinks Nance Pelosi needs to step down and the House needs, quote, young blood like the squad in the freshman class of 2018. Now, you, you've seen this bitch. She's always on Bill Maher. She copies Amy Klobuchar. She's obsessed with the Midwest. She's completely overconfident. And she bugs. She literally went on Meet the Press talking about, I think we need new leaders. I would love to see some Midwestern leaders in there, right? That's been important to me, right? To reflect the middle of the country. We're here too, right? Mm. Oh, bitch. Just fuck fucking <laughs> off with that shit. Just beyond... Nobody in that building needs to be talking about young blood unless they're capable of raising $4 million in one night. And by the way, she's also in the group talking about how Joe Biden shouldn't run again, too. And I cannot and you cannot with any of that. Like, who are you again? Do you even go here? Who the fuck are you? I don't care if you're on Bill Maher. Well, and if that's your platform, that's just very empty. And these are Democrats. Yeah, well, I know. And that's just very empty. That's just a a platitude of... We're run by old people, and we need young people. And they're, they're elitists. And we need they're the coastal elitists. Right. Just save fucking it. And we know the Midwest. No one's not saying the Midwest is there. Also, like I don't know where that whole trope came from. The what do you think the whole thing of like the heart of America and all that comes from? It's not New York. It's not Boston. It's not L.A. That's the Midwest. You know That's what I mean? Right. That's right. So it's just please, just just save it. So one of the things with the DCCCC is that all of the elected members of the House are required to pay dues. This is because the committee contributes to all of their campaigns when they're up for re-election. We couldn't find out exactly how much their dues are, but if it's anything like a union, it's probably a percentage of their total salary and it's calculated yearly and it adds up if you don't pay it. I feel like it's like 10 grand. Mm. Like every quarter, which basically is forty grand a year. I do think they make like four hundred k a year, mm-hmm. um, which would make sense for it to be forty thousand. And obviously, that's not cute. So I get it if if they don't want to pay. But again, it is how unions work, and you know they're all pro union. Yeah, exactly. But unlike a union, there's no consequences if they don't pay their dues to the DCCC. Unlike us. When we don't pay our dues, we don't get to work and we get like completely humiliated. Now, it it also doesn't mean that they aren't raising money for other PACs and super PACs that contribute to house races. But again, the DCCC is the official campaign contribution committee of the House of Representatives. So when someone doesn't pay their dues, it's kind of like betting against their own team. And also, real quick, BT dubs, it's not like it comes out of their actual salaries. Okay, they can pay their, quote, dues Mm. with 
their campaign contributions. And campaign contributions to someone popular like, let's say, AOC, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Alexandria mm -hmm. Ocasio-Cortez. Mm -hmm. Campaign contributions to someone like her are basically, and to all of them, but they're basically like huge savings accounts that just sit there. Right. Because there's very little personal shit that they can spend mm -hmm. the money on. Mm -hmm. It's regulated to death. They constantly get fined and put on blast for using it for <laughs> personal reasons. Right, which is why Trump's entire inauguration was a lesson in money laundering. Uh, he pretended he spent all his campaign funds on a piece of shit party that clearly didn't cost that much. Exactly. So... When we say that some of them don't pay their dues to the official committee that's responsible for maintaining a Democratic majority in the House, it's like, I don't know, kind of tragic because yes. you have, and I know AOC has a quite a bit of money sitting in an account. Oh, my, uh, of all of them, she probably has the most. You have money sitting in an account that people donated to you that you can't use for anything else and you don't want to use it to keep the majority, which is the only way that your measly one vote for your measly one district will even fucking count. And we used AOC as an example, but we aren't specifically talking about her. Well, she is one of the ones who doesn't pay her dues. Mm. None of the squad, in fact, pay their DCCC dues. Wow. And there's like 60, I mean, they don't pay them at all. And then there's like 60 other House Democrats that don't pay their dues either. So here's the fucking gag. And listen, <laughs> we're not we're not here for infighting, but this is an infighting. This is the committee that helps get other House Democrats elected so that we can maintain a majority like you just said. It's like, it's not cute. I'm sorry. It's not cute. When all when SAG members lose their when we in our in our union, if we lost our health care or we lost our pension and we found out Tom Cruise hadn't paid fucking dues in 20 years, we'd be like, fuck you, Tom Cruise. Yeah. We don't have a pension now. Mm -hmm. That's what this is like to me. It's not a union, but it's like that. So here's the gag. According to Politico, there's like 12 sitting Democrats right now in the House that are at high risk to lose their seats. So uh, these people are like fucking scrambling in the last two weeks right now to get the votes they need to win. And to do that, they need money. So they basically organized a giant mass text to every single <laughs> House Democrat. That's like 250 people. The text has a link to an Excel spreadsheet that lists every single member oh and their God. current due status. Oh, wow. And people are being put on full fucking blast. Like this one dude, Dean Phillips, okay? He's from like, he's uh, he's from Minnesota. Um, he, Dean, good old Dean, was trying to be elected to be the head, like the co-chair, wow. okay, of mm -hmm. the DCCC mm -hmm. because it's a committee. Mm -hmm. So they have chairs, you know, like mm -hmm. fucking Eric Swalwell is the fucking chair of, of the, the wine, wine caucus, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Um. So Dean was put on blast for not having paid his dues oh, like ever or certainly since 2018. And people were like, hey, Dean, um, probably in the text, right? And probably it probably replied all to everyone. Hey, Dean, real quick, just wondering, why should we vote for you to be the head of the committee when you don't even pay your fucking dues? And then Dean went ahead and paid 200 grand in wow. one day. One day. What do you think the gifts look like? <laughs> On that fucking text oh, chain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's I would like... have sent just like a bunch of Shit's Creek ones. Yeah. And There's you know what I mean? So Moira. <laughs> just there'd be a million of them. There's so many strong ones. I mean, you know, we get that there needs to be a change in in the structure and all of it, obviously. But the the timing just seems horrendous. They're they're. And I think, you're, I think you're messing with goats. I think you're messing with goats. Yes. I think you're not coming in Agreed. with the Trump Agreed. administration and the Trump you know, Senate and right. and House, like you're like you, you're tripping, boo. This is the power of Nance Pelosi. They think they can win without her. 
They think they can lead without her, but they can't. They're agitators and shit disturbers, and they mean well, I get it. They're idealistic and they don't want the status quo. They want change. But they think they know everything and they don't want compromise. And that's the problem. Yeah, because Nance Pelosi is a badass bitch (laughs) and she doesn't need their fucking permission. (laughs) Now it's time for So There's That. Right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it, and though I don't blame her for hating it, I refuse to let her skip it. We need some good news or some fake good news or some bad news happening to bad people, which is basically just good news. <laughs> so tell us, Mamau, what is your so there's that moment for this week? Hold for barking. No. (laughs) You know, I was really vacillating between stories that you told me. And um, because I literally couldn't find a so there's that at this point to save my life. It's getting like it it, it used to be hard. But at this point, it's it's rotted out there. It's rotted. If I could do a so there's rotted, then we could do it. We'd be in business. (sighs) But, you know, then there you go. Giving me a buffet of stories to choose from now. I could have told the tale of how sleepy Merrick Garland has been apparently not sleeping and been spending his time not being a thirst bucket and making lists of people to subpoena, indict, and arrest. And the motherfucker is taking China to task, and it's about time. That's hot. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a little something we're going to follow, and when shit gets really exciting, we can dive deeper into that. But I didn't choose that story. And for anyone listening who's like, Sleepy Joe, and what's the administration doing? And I say unto you, you've been duped by a Republican thirst trap, trap music type governing, and you've been made to believe that because they yell and bloat and blame and point and go on social media and act like a drunken, angry clown that has to be thrown out of the bar at the end of the night, that that's courage and strength and being hard. And you want to comfort Jojo and Kiki and the Democrats. And I get it. We've complained, too, about Merrick Garland. But while he wasn't going off being a political butt pirate, turns out, sweetie, he's been quietly fucking people up and you should be thrilled. He don't need to go on social media. He doesn't need to yell and scream. And apparently he is taking the people down and it's very exciting. So, but you're not thrilled. You're still complaining about masks and COVID and Fauci. And you're going (laughs) to sit there and vote for Herschel Walker, who's a bigger liar, narcissist, abuser and sexual harasser than even Trump. So wake up. Wake up. (laughs) Ring, ring. The alarm's going off. Wake up. Back the car up, Greg. (sighs) We can't stand virtue signaling whiny victim bullies either. And we don't agree with all liberals and progressives, okay? But if you're choosing the rape house over the non-rape house, you got a problem. Yep, that's it. And by that, I mean Republicans are the rape house. So, falling under the category of another thing that Democrats and the environment of inclusiveness and doing the right thing brings you is this little ditty. So we've talked a lot about unions here. And for the most part, unions are good. We support unions. We are in a union. 
they strive to get people paid. I mean, we hate our union, but that's fine. <laughs> and yes. But then they also give us health insurance yeah. if you can afford it. In general, they exist to help workers. Now, can unions become corrupt and gross and not help people and become like politicians where the leaders of unions become self-serving, disgusting money grubbers? Yes. Can they be so exclusive and unforgiving that you can develop a resentment towards their stupid fucking fees? Yes. But not today, Satan. This is the kind of story you want to hear. So, headline, quote, After unionizing and picketing, Senate cafeteria workers secure $20 minimum wage and benefits. Oh. In case you didn't know, or perhaps like most of us just didn't think about it before, um, you had a political podcast like us <laughs> and fucking now know shit that you don't ever want to fucking know about. Exactly. In Congress, not only does the um, complex of the buildings consist of the Senate floor and the chamber and the offices, but there's a whole ecosystem of people making that shit work, including several restaurants and cafeterias that function for as many hours as senators and Congress people are there. And if, even though most of those Congress fuckers only work two days a week, when they do work, sometimes that shit goes all night. It could be 24 yeah. hours. It could be into the... Exactly. They work late nights. They work late hours. They work the filibusters. Whatever the cafeteria... Whatever the hours they work, the cafeteria workers are there. In the last two years, just like the rest of us, the Senate restaurant workers faced the pandemic and absolutely insane schedules. And many people, of course, got sick. And much like everywhere, safety precautions were confusing and people got fucked. These people were there during the insurrection. They stayed through it and they served motherfucking food. After the insurrection, the company that employs the cafeteria workers in the Senate called Restaurant Associates went and laid off 81 people on April 15th, tax day, and two days before Easter. Way to go. Quote, unfortunately, since the pandemic-related funding has been exhausted and the number of people we've been serving is a small fraction of what it was, we must make these difficult decisions, a spokesperson for Restaurant Associates said. Well, according to the website The Soapbox, Democrats didn't like that. Several Democratic senators visited the office of what is called the architect of the Capitol, and they tried to advocate for more money and to keep those people from getting fired. The architect of the Capitol is just going to be like all of the business workings of the Capitol, like the janitors, right? And, and that does, the that, groundskeepers, things that, like that. I believe so. The mm, architect's office oversees all capital. Yes. The architect's office oversees all capital restaurants, but restaurant associate manages all day-to-day -day operations, including wages and benefits. So the legislators reported success, earning $3.75 million already appropriated to the office to be dedicated to keeping the 81 workers on staff. So Elizabeth Warren, of course, you know, was uh, part of those people. Clap, mm -hmm. Slow clap, slow clap. Now, this was only going to be temporary, so but because that happened, this, maybe you call it a stunt or whatever you want to call it, really kicked into gear the workers unionizing. So last year, the restaurant workers unionized. And because of the unionization, five days ago, the union fought and won, securing a $20 per hour minimum wage and benefits like pension contributions and affordable platinum level health insurance that with coverage for family members. so bad okay? fucking ass. Now, this has been going on for years. I just want to say in 2015, they fought. They tried to unionize like every 10 years. Like it seems like and not to mention like back in the 50s, this was a thing. They have been fighting for a million years, the, these restaurant workers. 
And the I just have to think that this kind of karma is going to come back to Democrats and just like Elizabeth agreed. Warren, she's there, she's a senator, she's she's taking care of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have all these big, big legislative like things, and they've passed so much that they're not getting credit for. Mm-hmm. And then here she is going in with a handful of other Democratic senators and going in and taking care of this. The people they worked relatively with. tiny union, yeah. like mm-hmm. for the for the for the restaurant and food food employees at the Capitol building and doing this for them, like literally changing. This is what a constituent is, and those aren't even her constituents. These people live in mm-hmm. fucking D.C. or right. Maryland, mm-hmm. and it's like it. That is what goddamn government is about. The workers are organized with Unite Here Local 23. The union's contract with the workers' employer, Restaurant Associates, went into effect. Tuesday and will remain in effect until September 30th, 2026. The union's organizing drew support from several Democratic U.S. senators, including Elizabeth Warren, Sherrod Brown, Amy Klobuchar, and Bernie Sanders. Not one Republican was in sight. Paula, I'm sorry, Paolo Pizarro, a banquet server, said he went from paying $120 per week for health insurance to $7 per week yes. with no deductible. Yes. He said, it's such an incredible feeling to know that it was me and my coworkers that won this. He said in the union's press release, uh, it goes to show that so long as you stand together, you can do anything to improve your workplace conditions. And again, I just want to um, reiterate that not only were Republicans not supportive of this, um, they didn't want it they actively fought against they're disgusting the entire fight and struggle has been years and years and years in the making this is the definition of perseverance and when government or politicians or however you want to couch it work together with regular people in order to further the betterment of the working american citizen this is what can happen and the group that does that are democrats Period. The restaurant workers are making a living wage combined with a completely doable monthly payment for health insurance. And their health insurance is good. Not only is this awesome for the actual union and restaurant workers and the people that helped and supported them, it's a win for all of us who believe in economic equality, human dignity, and fairness. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast week after week. We know we've been negative and phoning it in, but we truly are so grateful for all 14 of you. And we really, really appreciate you being here, even if you don't sign up for our Patreon podcast. But please, please, sir, sign up for our Patreon podcast. It's only a dollar for a whole extra hour podcast per week. Or you can pay $2 and get two bonus podcasts per week. And our Patreon podcast is completely different than this. There's no ads and there's no politics at all ever. It's just fun, random stories and deep dives and songs and bullshit. And we've been doing our Patreon podcast since 2017. So once you sign up, you'll get hundreds of podcasts to listen to instantly. And they're timeless. Classics such as Tokyo (laughs) Shit Towel, when Julie got IBS in our Tokyo hotel room and then somehow got it on a towel and then she went and hid it in the towels out in front of someone else's room. 
that yes yes i forgot to mention the old ibs theme uh there are a lot of episodes about my ibs and what could be more timeless i mean you'll have to go back to 2019 to find the episode where we try to solve the mystery of how i got (laughs) of how i got ibs on my bath mat in front of my tub and there's another one how you uh where you thought you had it on your thumb Oh, that old one. Or yeah. gold my finger. finger. Yeah, your oh, my finger. finger. Not your thumb, your mm-hmm. finger. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two different separate episodes about you getting um, your IBS on your finger. Mm-hmm. One which was true and then one which was just a false alarm. Yeah, it was scary. Um, that was a completely different day. But if that sounds appealing to you literally in any way, then you are meant to be on our Patreon podcast. There's nowhere else you should be if literally you think that sounds funny as fuck and i want to hear that then you need to sign up i don't care if you have to like rob a bank to do it i mean you can't go another because i'm going to tell you nine out of ten people are going to be turned off by those those sure sure oh it's too much tmi (laughs) who wants to talk about shit yeah ibs it's personal but there's going to be one person who's like oh my god i need that and you are the person that needs to immediately sign up Mm -hmm. and not think twice about it because that's you're meant to be with us and we're meant to be with you so just go to www.dumbgaypolitics.com. You can go to julianbrandy.com or there's a link in the description of this episode and all, you know, just <clears> click <throat> on the link in the description of this episode. And if you're already on our Patreon podcast, we fucking love you. But your work here isn't done. Now we ask that you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. When we book guests on this podcast, we have to act like this podcast is real. And that requires lying to people. Which requires fake evidence, which will come in the form of many, 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 many fake reviews. So please go on to iTunes and help us with this fraud. We'd like to get to 2300 by 2023. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Nance Pelosi. Yes. Do it for Nance Pelosi. Vote for Nance Pelosi. In fact, go out and vote. Dance with Nance. (laughs) Vance with Nance. (laughs) Pelos it and gross it. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a ride Maybe Play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty grooving. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. 
I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 